Good morning, pile. Happy Friday. Jim along with Cake from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. The most trusted name in automobiles. Snowy, snowy day once again. And I know this isn't a wine about it Wednesday. But go ahead. More of a fed up with this Friday. To the person who was behind me on the road this morning uh-huh. in the snow, why must you tailgate me? That's stupid. Don't do that. Why? Could they, could they not go around you? Apparently not, because we were like on the way to the same place, apparently, to get a little I, caffeinated beverage. It's a dumb thing to do. It's a dumb thing to do when it's dry. It's, 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 it's a, a really dumb thing to do. Yeah. It's it's dumb when it's dry. It's, in, it's extremely stupid when it's slick. And like, you're not going to... You're, you're not gonna win. <laughs> so you gotta. So you gotta start. Here's the thing I always love about people at tailgate. If I'm in front of you, am I gonna go faster? No. no. Guess what? Guess what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go slower. I'm gonna go as slow as I possibly can. I was going the posted speed limit in a snowy, wintry, wet conditioned road. State patrol, local law enforcement. Thank you for observing. The proper driving approach in winter conditions. And speaking of winter conditions, D fifty one is on a two hour delay this morning. Okay. Then put a little money on FanDuel. Who knows? Maybe uh, snow day, kids. I don't. No, we don't well, know about that yet. We don't. They, know. I mean, unless it's Garfield County, which they're today. They Correct? are. They are snow day, snow boys day. and girls. And especially for the poor kids who have to take the the bus from uh, Glade Park, because they're not Ooh. even running today. Yeah. Ooh. So they're they yeah they they're staying home. Hey, any bus driver that heads up there in this kind of weather, uh uh-uh. I would applaud you, sir, or madam. For, I would also for doing that, but they're not going to make them do that. And thank goodness. I would, I would also want to maybe test them for <laughs> substances. Like no, no, it's fine. We can take the bus up there. Well, I gotta do it. It's a, it's a little, little of the White West stuff. This is fine. I'm sure it's way worse than this. And I've been way worse than this. I'm here, Carrie. This is, I'm taking your kids to school. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> Did you know the moon is made of cheese? <laughs> and on that note. And on that note, Fitzjoseph is... Allegedly coming back to Denver. He's back. <laughs> no, not not Jason. No, no. Not not Freddy Krueger. Not Rex Ryan. Not Michael Myers. <laughs> yeah, not Rex Ryan. No, it's uh, it's Vance Joseph. And your initial reaction, the visceral reaction is W T Yeah F. And and you maybe want to vomit. There's there's some there's some logic behind this. We will dive into that around the NFL at eight o'clock this morning. Of, I will say this of of why they're bringing in Vance Joseph. And and here's the deal. And and actually, believe it or not, in the twelve ish twelve to twenty four hours that I've learned of this news, I've actually kind of slightly come down from the mountain 
thanks in part to the walk back off the ledge. Exactly. Thanks in part to the hard knocks clip where they spoke with Vance Joseph about his time in Colorado, not just as a Broncos head coach, but also when he was with the buffs and correct how much he has respect for the state and how he was kind of a Broncos fan when he was at Colorado and, you know, he, he had no ill will towards the Broncos and kind of... Because he did a crappy job. Yeah, and he didn't yeah. have anybody quarterback. And, and and he talked about roster building. He was on the Dave Pash podcast about how important roster building is. Hmm. And that maybe he didn't entirely, as the head coach, understand that process and what and how important it is. And, and that they didn't have the right guys, obviously, like quarterback. So they went through... Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch. You know, a lot of guys. Yeah, and, and so the that you you win or die in this league with with quarterback play. Right. And they didn't have it. And defensively they were Denver was 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 good during that stretch. But offensively they they had problems. And and he you know, was always kind of fessed up to his role in it. And I you know, we, we make fun of him, and deservedly so. With the well, we had a great week of practice. You know that that would seem to be the mantra that that he had every week. Put it on a T-shirt. Yeah. You know, how did we? How did we lose? We had a great week of practice. Well, well, what what you do at practice doesn't always translate to what what happens on the field against different guys, different schemes, different and you can you can try to replicate that with scout team stuff as much as you can, but there's going to be you know it's a different ball game yeah. when you're lined up against the opposition as opposed to, to going through practice. And you might look great at practice, but it, it doesn't mean you're ready when game day rolls around. So my initial reaction, got a text from a couple folks yesterday. It was, really? Dear Lord, why? And and I still feel like, why not a Rex Ryan? Why not somebody else? See. Chris Richard, somebody else. But I, I'm not as I'm not as ready to jump off the cliff as a lot of people are about this, he's got something to prove. He does. I mean, I mean, there's there's going to be motivation there for for Vance Joseph to to get this, you know, to get the keep this defense a, a top ten defense. Right. A lot of his philosophies are from the same school that Jiro Vero has come from, and so it's he knows this some of this personnel. Obviously, with Justin Simmons was there, Josie Jewell was there, so he right. knows some of the personnel. They have a relationship with him. And the guys on the defensive side of the ball seem to like him. A lot of the, the Cardinals' defenses, when when healthy, were really good. When injury-riddled, like any unit, they were very bad. And so we'll, we'll dive into some of the numbers around the NFL coming up later on. Um, also, supposedly more hirings. We talked about the Eric Goodman thing. How come he's not telling us? He's not hired anybody yet. And Sean Payton's like, shut up. I've hired a lot of people. Which, I'm, just, I'm just not telling you, Chuck. Which, that was one of the best moments on Twitter yeah. the other day when yes. he when he when Sean Payton absolutely torched yeah I've hired guys I'm just not telling you Eric Goodman and he's like who are you Eric Goodman who are you, who, who do you think you are it's well no it's like who are you I I don't know who you are right it's not like Eric Goodman who has been on our show and Eric Goodman's a, a nice guy we, we've had him on the program years right. ago did this stuff for Mile High Sports Radio or at least did in the past and TV guy in Denver but it's like you're you're whining and crying that why why are we not knowing are you have you really hired anybody I, you know, I this is embar- 
the word he uses is embarrassing. No, it's no. not. No, it's not. It's not embarrassing. Shut up. He can take as much time as he wants to to put his staff together. He doesn't have to tell you. He could do exactly what he wants to do. And eventually, and so could Nathaniel Hackett or anybody else that any coach. You just because you're in the media, this thing kills me about our profession. Right. I can ask the question. I should ask the question. If I'm if I had a press conference with Sean Payton, so Sean, who have you hired yet? He can tell me no. And I go. So why the secrecy? You know why? You know I, you know. So I'm not going to tell you who I've hired. Why the secrecy? He can explain to me why he's being so quiet about it, playing the cards close to the vest. And maybe he has a very good reason. And but I can't. I I don't ha- I don't have the right to demand that he tell me. Right. You have to tell me. No, he, no, he doesn't. And that's. Yeah, but I, but I have my job to ask the question. But but right. see, it's embarrassing. That's 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 so. And there's uh, you know hyperbole. You know what? It's embarrassing that we don't know. Stop it. There is a certain amount of, and we love all of the people that we've had associations with who come on our program. Absolutely. Work in the, but and as someone who grew up listening to Denver sports talk media, there is a certain amount of, I guess the word is entitlement. You owe it to me. Like how, you know, this is. You know, our team, this is our city. How could you not drop every little and 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 it sort of becomes a game of like every little morsel, every little just crumb of information that gets dropped, everyone just sort of pounces on it. And there's not they're not really we're not really used to this sort of level of secrecy and we don't really know who's on the staff and who's coming here and there's always these kind of rumors where they're like, oh, maybe it's Rex Ryan. Maybe it's Matt Patricia. Yeah. Maybe it's Vance Joseph, Chris Richard, whoever. Yeah. You know, we're not really used to, like, when when Hackett was hired, it was pretty clear who was going to be on his coaching staff because he brought in, you know, all his friends. Hey, I'm bringing in a Jiro Evero as our defense. Yeah, he's very, hey, I'm bringing he, Justin Outen in. We got all these guys and these you know, young coaches, and and he he wanted people to know that Nat hacked it, and that, and that's fine. Sean Payton, veteran guy, got a Super Bowl win, multiple trips to the NFC Championship game. If this is how Sean Payton wants to roll, then I'm or any coach. Right. I, I just I just you're right. I just feel like yeah, the Denver media at times. There's this, you know, and the guys that do like what we're doing here, a talk show, mm-hmm. not not the Connor McGahees or the Jason Kosmiskis or the Mark Johnsons or the Brian Ross or guys like that, that that don't, you know, they do a show. I mean, Connor doesn't do a show, but the guy, guys, most of the guys we talk to are play by play guys. Yeah, they cover the team. They know the team intimately. They their deals different than opinion, which that plays a role in this show. And but you know those those guys are with those teams and respect those coaching staffs and know those players and their relationship is different, right? And they they know more about what's going on than others do because they're there, right? Pretty much day in day out uh, around that that particular group of players and that coaching staff. You know, like with with like Steve's text from yesterday, uh, throwing the microwave a little leftover from yesterday. Mm-hmm. Eric Goodman's like the child at the restaurant that won't stop whining. When he used the word embarrassing, it's like, stop. How is it embarrassing? 
If you want to say hiring Vance Joseph's embarrassing because of what happened before. There's a um, certain amount. Okay, I, I could see why you feel that way. I, I'm i just going to, once again, I feel like I've got to trust Sean Payton here. Like we we gave NetHack, I did some some blind trust, which was stupid on many of of us believing that. But that was also like, it was part of the hype train of it was, we got Russell Wilson we got and we got in. a quarterback and we got this young head coach who worked with Aaron Rodgers. Doing Here MVP we go. Here we go. Broncos country. Let's ride. You know, we were yeah, let's the, ride. the sort of like ecstasy level Absolutely. of of how how much hype there was around this team kind of swept over the fact that there were some obvious questions that maybe we should have been asking. Like, for example... How much of Nathaniel Hackett's experience yeah. led to Aaron Rodgers, you know, well, best season? Yeah, and, and one the, yeah, exactly. One of the, one of the things that I, I brought up about Vance Joseph the other day, and this is not my endorsement of VJ, was everybody kept going about his record as a head coach. Okay, it was terrible. It was it was eleven and twenty one? It wasn't very good. It was it was not good. They're not hiring him to be the head coach. Now, if you want to look at his defensive coordinator numbers, which Arizona, when healthy, they had a, a top 15 defense in terms of scoring defense, went right off the cliff this year, dropped to 31st. Injury, were, injuries played a role in that. And there were also some other organizational issues yeah, with the Cardinals that weren't just... Murray gets hurt. And there was, you know, there's, there's issues there with Kingsbury. And general manager. The GMs. Yeah, the deal in Mexico City. And yeah. you know, there are just all kinds of stuff that was was going on with that franchise do i wish they would have hired somebody else yeah am i am i ready to go sean payton's an idiot he doesn't know what he's doing no i because here's the here's the deal about sean payton i'm going to go back to something use his words slow to hire quick to fire right vance joseph better show that he's the right guy for this job because guess what? He won't be doing it for very long. And that's the difference from having a, a guy like Sean Payton that I'm going to do my due diligence. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feel like I'm hiring the right guys here. And if I am wrong about it, right. I'll quickly make that correction. And now, we will quickly fix this problem. Now, this is where you and I may split a little bit. Because I agree that when it specifically relates to Vance Joseph can't really say Sean Payton's a moron, Sean Payton's an idiot, doesn't know what he's doing, he's lost control there are already. They're saying that, though. There like, are those why, saying... Why, why, why do they bring... Why do they bring... Why is he bringing this guy in? So, there are those saying that, again, specifically as it relates to Vance Joseph. I am willing to say, you know what? He's a better... Because there, there are just guys that are just better at being coordinators than they are being head coaches. And the Broncos have a track record of hiring those guys to be head coaches that clearly were better suited as coordinators. Vance Joseph, I think, is one of those guys. He's a probably a better coordinator than he is a head coach. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm willing to say, you know what? The players that this Broncos team has defensively can probably respond well to his coaching, and they have the same philosophy as Jure Evero. All that I'm good with. But... There is a coaching hire or potential alleged coaching hire that the Broncos have supposedly made that does make me say 
Sean Payton's a moron, doesn't know what he's doing, and does make me want to jump off a cliff. Would you care to guess who it is? I, I, I don't know. Davis Webb. What on God's green <laughs> earth are they I've... doing? This guy was a backup quarterback to Daniel Jones. You can't beat Daniel Jones for a starting quarterback job. So your next move is to become a quarterback's coach to coach yeah. Russell Wilson, who is six years older than you. What moronic, stupid... Everyone talks about... How you you know he's be coaching Russell Wilson. It, it's going to be Sean Payton. <laughs> David, Fair. D Davis Webb Fair. Is, Davis Webb, good opportunity for a guy you're making the transition out of being a player to being a coach. I'm with you on this to a degree that it's like, what, really? This is who they're bringing in? Okay, I, I, I don't know what the relation, what, what Davis Webb did in the meeting that wowed Sean Payton. But let's be honest, it's going to be Sean Payton that, that guides the, the return to, hopefully, I'll take. I'll take top fifteen form, right? <laughs> Prefer top ten. He's never. He's not going to be a top five quarterback ever again. But maybe, maybe bottom half, top ten. In the case of Russell Wilson, yeah, I know it was. I was like, that's really Davis that Webb. One, that one threw me for yeah. a huge loop. I don't. I don't take that. That doesn't concern me as much as if like like the concern about Vance Joseph, because he's been doing the job of a DC for a while. And the results have been somewhat mixed. When his units have been healthy, they've been pretty good. But like, like a lot of coaches, if, you're, if your players are healthy, you're able to, to you know, run the scheme that you're, you, you want to run, and you have success with it. And when you got guys that are hurt, it's, it's like anything. Like what the Broncos had this year. Injuries, they had the second most injuries of anybody in the league. Yeah, And that's a problem. But yeah, it, it does make you kind of go, Davis Webb? Really, of all the all the guys out there, but we'll uh, talk more about about some of the potential hirings because none of this stuff's official. It's not official. That's, this is from that's the thing too. You know, it's from the Schefters, and it's it's from you know those that that follow the NFL religiously, the Glaciers and guys like that. You know, the Post with your Cliss insiders, and, yeah, supposedly. You know, more likely than not, it's all true. That's gonna be Vance Joseph, but. Your reaction today, like uh, Guru Gary today on the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, 970-242-1340. VJ, good grief. I can't wait to see that cross-eyed where my, what is it, what, what happened, lost look. Oh, well, we practiced well. Oh, wow. Oh, Guru. And off to a fine start today, Guru. That's Out a, of the gate. That's a, that's a good text. What about Wade? Wade is coaching the XFL. I mean, when when the, the Rams cut him loose, it wasn't like the Rams' defense was the problem. It wasn't. It was. And all that guy did was orchestrate a defense that was dominating a generational defense that won a Super Bowl when he was in Denver previously. Yeah. And I've heard nothing that Wade didn't want to coach in the league again. Say, what, what about Wade Phillips? I, I get he's coaching the XFL. You think he would stay the XFL if he had an NFL job waiting for him? I doubt it. And also the season gets over. You know, could he could he wrap up the XFL, do a little bit of work, you know, on the side? Could it be like a Jerry Rossberg thing where he comes in like midway through the season? 
Well, I mean, the XFL season, you know, he could come in. XFL season is going to be over February, March. Could he make it to some OTAs and stuff? I mean, could, is there a way he could could do it and not? Because he might be the, I get the feeling Wade's the kind of guy like, hey, I don't want to leave leave this team in the lurch. Right. I don't want to leave Houston, coach of the Roughnecks. I don't want to do this to these players. And that that's that would be commendable on his part. But why, you know, I don't know why, why not talk to Wade Phillips? Nobody's that, that guy. What's is he too old now? Is that the thing? Is he too old? Some people thought he was too old when the Broncos won the Super Bowl, but like, man, it clicks with players. I, I that that's an ageism thing that bothers me. If you're good at what you do, and which Wade didn't get ran out of LA because it was a difference in philosophy, the defensive numbers for Wade, he was that defense was still top. You know, middle, you know, like, oh, what was the numbers? I got them right here in front of me. When he left the Rams, the the numbers were, oh, let's see here. I got to find it. I had it, and I lost it. With I hate when that happens. Uh, that, you know, the the basically the, the story was that he left there because Sean McVay wanted to go a different direction in terms of, of the defense. But the defense was one of the top defenses enforcing turnovers, Scoring number, scoring defense numbers were down. Someone I think they're like 17th in the league, but they were among the league leaders in forcing turnovers. Is that what your defense? Don't don't you want your defense to do that? Force turnovers, right? It's what the Bronco defense did to win Super Bowl 50. All right, 721. I'll uh, dig up some of those numbers again. We'll talk about it eight o'clock hour around the NFL. But time right now for what's happening. And it's brought to you by our friends at ComWest. ComWest, they're your technology partner. They help business owners grow their business by providing quality, reliable, personalized technology solutions that support and secure their business technology consistently and professionally. If you're looking for a new phone system, we were a while ago, a couple of years ago. ComWest, Nathan, the folks came in and provided a brand new phone system, which they always have sensational support. We usually never have a problem with it. But in the rare case you do, they're going to be right there helping you every step of the way. Cybersecurity, network support, backup and disaster recovery, and surveillance as well. If that's a, a problem for your business, they can help you with that as well. Give ComWest a call today, 970-242-8142. All right, we'll leave things out on what's happening this morning with the return of Vance Joseph. He's back. According to reports, the Broncos have hired Vance Joseph to be the team's new defensive coordinator. He was the Broncos head coach from 2017 to 2018. After his brief stint in Denver, he served as Arizona Cardinals defensive coordinator. Broncos have also added other position coaches, former Florida assistant coach and uh, Bronco for two games, Kerry Colbert. Uh, he's the team's new wide receivers coach. And 28-year-old Davis Webb, who's got a huge fan in cake, uh, was the backup quarterback uh, for the Giants last season. He'll become the team's new quarterback coach and there's some other hirings that are being mentioned out there we'll talk about that eight o'clock hour and around the nfl nikola Jokic's 22nd triple double of the season propelled the nuggets to a 115 to 109 win over cleveland last night Jokic 24 points 18 rebounds and 13 assists denver's 22 and owen nikola records a triple double this year and coach michael malone says it's pretty clear who the league's best player is 
He's the MVP. When the MVP goes out and puts up a triple-double, that means he's impacting the game at a high level across the board. I think the most important stat, he's going to set the record this year for most assists per game by a center in NBA history. To generate the shots and the quality of shots that he does every night is just remarkable. Michael Porter Jr. had a solid night as well, shooting 60% from three and scoring 25 points. Nuggets with the Grizzlies tomorrow, then they host the Clippers on Sunday. You know that game with the Clippers on the Team Sports Network starting at 7.30 with pregame on Sunday night. Tonight, the Avalanche are at Winnipeg. The Colorado Mesa women's basketball team closed out the regular season with a win over Western Colorado University at Gunnison last night. Maverick women picking up a 59-48 victory. They were led by Olivia Reed, Monica Brooks, and Laura Gutierrez. All had 15 points apiece in the win, and the victory clinches the basketball team's spot in the RMAC tournament, which starts Tuesday. Head coach Taylor Wagner says he's proud of his team, and with the right matchup, they have a good chance of making a deep run in the RMAC tournament. I feel like we've been playing really well the last month, and you know if we we kind of hit the right stride and get the right matchups, you know we have a, just as good as chance anybody that gets in. So, you know I think that's the big thing with these girls. They've earned it. They've worked hard this second semester, and so I'm really proud of them. Colorado Mesa men's basketball team wrapped up the regular season by winning nine in a row, including an 83-67 win over Western Colorado last night. The Mavs were led by Trevor Baskin. With 28 points, Blaze 3 chipped in with 25. Head coach Mike DeGeorge says he's proud of his team after starting Armac play 0-2 to eventually nailing down the two-seed and possibly a chance of winning the Armac regular season title. The group really rallied, and I don't know if I've ever been more proud of a group in terms of their commitment to getting uh, everything to the next level. And it's really been an incredible couple of months, and I'm really excited to see what we can do in the postseason. Now the Mavericks will sit back and watch Fort Lewis hosts Colorado School of Mines tonight, Metro State tomorrow night. Mavs a half game behind the Skyhawks in the conference. A loss by Fort Lewis would give the Mavericks the right to host the RMAC tournament. Mavericks will be at home. The men will be at home Tuesday, regardless what happens this weekend. Also, Colorado Mesa baseball yesterday. The Maverick baseball team opened up their series at Northwest Nazarene. Mavericks falling yesterday by the score of 11-6. Moving on to high school sports, the 21-2 Fruit of boys basketball team will hit the road for tomorrow's 6A Sweet 16 game when they play at 5th seeded Smoky Hill. The Buffaloes beat Rocky Mountain 80-57 to to advance. The 10-seeded Wildcats used an Austin Reed buzzer beater shot to get past Fairview 60-58, to and Reed says he hopes the win gives Fruit a little more respect as they head to the front range. Tough get in like harder games for us because we are on the western side of things but hopefully that that shows the other 6A teams that we can play with the best of the best. Reed was on our program yesterday. He's our Scotty's Complete Car Care Center Athlete of the Week. The 19 and 5 Smoky Hill Buffaloes are paced by Ricky Mitchell's 24 points per game. He's also at 56 threes this season. Game time has not yet been announced. Uh, that game is tomorrow though over in the front range and Matt Meyer will have it for you for us right here on the Team Sports Network. And uh, once again, we'll have coverage of that game. Also, the Fruit of Monument girls are at Doherty tonight. J.J. Valentine will bring you that game tonight on the team with pregame at 545. The 18-5 Delta girls basketball team is home again after a convincing 91-36 win Tuesday over Inglewood to start the 4A state tournament. Tonight, the Panthers get 9-15 Severance after the Silver Knights defeated Alamosa 46-41. Severance is led by Atley Helzer at 18.5 points per game with Reese Yon at almost 11 points per game. Helzer's hit 56 threes this season, but Delta coach Cal Crowder says the Silver Knights have scoring depth beyond Helzer and Yon. They definitely like to shoot the three. I wouldn't say that they're uh, an extremely, you know, just like like a single person has to be dialed in on. Those two girls are definitely their better scorers, but everybody on their team can score. Pre-game starts at 545 tonight on the Monkey. Mark Cantor will have that one for you. 
tip off at 6 o'clock and catch the game in Delta at 97.1 FM. Also, the Montrose girls, they're into the second round of the 4A, the 5A state tournament, excuse me, when they play at Roosevelt tonight at 6 o'clock. And that's a look at... What's happening? Brought to you by ComWest, your technology partner. Looking for a new business phone system, help with surveillance or network support? Give ComWest a call today, 970-242-8142. We'll take a break. We'll come back and look back at uh, the Nuggets win last night at Cleveland. Nikola Jokic with yet another triple-double as the Nuggets get the win on the road last night to start the second half of the season. That and more coming up on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Craptastic. That's just crap. The team presents the Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Reach out, touch space. Welcome back. Jim along with Cake. Text your call 970-242-1340. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line. You ever caught the Johnny Cash cover of this song? Oh, yeah. Oh, sensational. So good. So very good. All right. So I don't know if I want to say that he's in the uh, the realm of being some kind of deity. <laughs> but in the basketball world, uh-huh. Nikola Jokic, highly revered, the back-to-back MVP. Very. And could very well win a third straight MVP. It's entirely possible. Played the clip from Michael Malone. The Nuggets uh, beat the Cavs last night, 115-109. to 109, On the road in Cleveland, by the way. Yeah. Uh, well, let's, let's bring that back. Here's uh, Michael Malone from last night on the way. Uh, Jokic, once again, 22nd triple-double of the season. All he did was score 24 points, pull down 18 rebounds, and have 13 assists. Uh, thir- excuse me, 18 assists. Excuse me, 13 assists. Oh, it's Friday morning. <laughs> 24 points, 18 rebounds, 13 assists for Nikola Jokic last night. Here's Michael Malone on his uh, two-time MVP. He's the MVP. When the MVP goes out and puts up a triple-double, that means he's impacting the game at a high level across the board. I think the most important stat, he's going to set the record this year for most assists per game by a center in NBA history. To generate the shots and the quality of shots that he does every night is just remarkable. All right, here's the man himself, Nikola Jokic. I'm going to Cleveland, beating a good Cavs team last night. I mean, like I said, they're really talented team. I think they're really deep. Uh, uh, they, they were missing Rubio. They were they're long in, a, uh, especially the two big guys. Uh, they're talented. They can they can score. Um, so they're they're really 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 good team, and they're playing really good at home. So I'm, I'm just glad that uh, we we found a way to, to to beat them. All right. So the the Nuggets last night with. The 24 from the Joker, Michael Porter Jr., really good night last night with, with 25 points, shot the three extremely well last night. Got uh, 11 points from Uncle Jeffy off the bench, Jeff Green with 11 points last night, and Jamal Murray with a 16-point night last night, and Contavious Caldwell-Pope, uh, also productive uh, from a scoring standpoint with 10 points. They've been playing uh, Vladko Kankar, and the last night he got the start, he had 10 points for the Nuggets last night. So uh, Reggie Jackson starting to get his foot under, feet under him a little bit as a new Nuggets player. He had seven points last night and four rebounds. So the the Nuggets start the second half with a very impressive win at Cleveland last night. Donovan Mitchell, 22 points. The one time for like about five minutes at the draft, Denver Nugget, Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. So when you hear Michael Malone say those things, 
and, and, and the numbers, it seems like every time we talk about Nikola Jokic or somebody talks about him, it's another potential record for a center, uh, another Nuggets record. It just, it just every time, I, I just, it, it, it amazes me the career that he's had to this point. Agreed. Of, of where, we, we talked about this before, when there was the debate about should the Nuggets keep Jokic or Yusef Nurkic, the Bosnian Bull, who's been with Portland, who's a good player. Right. But he's not Nikola Jokic. Boy, Denver made the right decision there, trading Yusef Nurkic, keeping Nikola Jokic, seeing what the, the skill set was in Nikola Jokic, the potential. Because a lot of people didn't see it. Got doughy. Didn't, he's just a dude. It didn't, That's the didn't, thing. Yeah, didn't didn't really wow anybody. I mean, he'd, he'd have he'd have a, he'd have a play or two where he'd he'd flash and go, "Oh, that was a great pass. That was some great court vision." Wow, he can shoot the three for a big guy. And with him and you're, you're, they tried to play the two of them together, Nurkic and him, it just didn't work. And when and when they traded Yusef Nurkic, it's almost like it freed Nikola Jokic. In a way, it's like, it it's like they were like, "We believe in you." You can be the guy that leads this team in the front court, and he's a, and he's gone well beyond that. And just being, hey, we expect you to be our our leader in the front court. He is their leader. Period. End of discussion. He's a two time MVP going for a third, and he's. I was talking to some friends of mine about this last night. He's the peak of just a dude. He's just a guy. Here you have the NBA, right? The the pinnacle of athleticism. For a lot of these guys, you know, you're LeBron's, you're, you know, you're Steph Curry's of the world. And then here's this, like you said, kind of doughy, kind of goofy. He's kind of lanky, just guy. He's just a guy. Remember when his weight was an issue? It was, yeah. And then he lost weight and then that was an issue. <laughs> like, well, now <laughs> no, he's too skinny. He's too, he was too chunky before and his conditioning was bad. Now he's, now he's too skinny. He gets shoved off the block too much. Like you know, there there there's no pleasing everybody. You can't be satisfied with it. not everybody can be satisfied with what you do. And and for Nikola Jokic, all he does is just go out and does seemingly the impossible every night. And and it's the effortlessness of it that's yeah. so almost dumbfounding. The way he impacts the game, and he doesn't look like he does at times. No, and just he just it just. It's so, at times, under the radar. And we've come, maybe I think because we've become so used to the no look pass, finds a guy baseline for a layup, where you go, how the hell did he see him on the baseline? Right. There was, there was two defenders there blocking his view. How did he see that that guy was wide open? Whoever might be running the baseline, Aaron Gordon, whoever. But it was good to get to Jamal Murray back for the first time in six games. Just six of 19 shooting, but he had 16 points. Uh, Aaron Gordon's still out, and that's why. Uh, Kankar got the uh, start last night, and so we're still waiting for Aaron Gordon to come back. But the Nuggets starting to get healthier, get yeah. Gordon back, and and they're defensively in the fourth quarter they were really good, and that's why they won last night. Michael Malone says, "Look, Cleveland's going to make a run in the postseason. They're good." That was a really good win for the Nuggets to go on the road last night and beat the Cavs. All right, seven thirty-seven. Jim along with Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, most trusted name in automobiles. Your thoughts about the return of Vance Joseph, the return of EJ. The prodigal son has returned. Dylan, hiring a Vance Joseph as DC tells me that Sean Payton's going to fix the offense. The Broncos are going to be 
In offensive shootouts every game, hopes Simmons and Sertan can still be good, but Vance Joseph brings no pass rush at all and drops three to four linemen every play. We'll talk more about it coming up next hour around the NFL. Some of the, the numbers that speak to why Sean Payton is doing this, why he's bringing in Vance Joseph. All right, and other uh, potential Bronco coaching hirings as well. Hopefully Eric Goodman's listening in and say, see, he's hiring some guys here, Eric. He's hiring some guys. All right, 738, coming up next, Jeff Johnson, Fruitam Monument girls basketball coach as the Wildcat girls play at Doherty tonight. Time right now for sound check. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. So, Reese Davis was on the call for ESPN's coverage of Miami at Virginia Tech. Is this the bacon one? It might be the bacon one. He just played it yesterday. No! <laughs> played it yesterday. Darn it. But play it again. Go ahead and, for those that were not with us yesterday, go ahead and bring it back. Because it is, it's hilarious. It's really good. Oh, hang on. Take two. Here we go. And now. Now, we got to get this here. After Jordan Miller missed that free throw, the crowd's going nuts. Here's why. If he misses the second one, everybody in this house gets free bacon. Bacon for everybody. You get bacon. And you, you get, bacon. get bacon. Sizzled up in the frying pan. The Hokies 6-1 all time when the fans win bacon. Now let's see who can bring home the bacon, as it were. Well, sadly, that record's uh, now six and two because Miami won seventy six seventy. So there you go, but, bacon for everybody. But but bacon for everybody. All right, seven forty. Jeff Johnson, Fruit of Monument Girls basketball coach, joins us next to talk about their Sweet Sixteen matchup at Doherty tonight. That's on the way on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. We're gonna be here a while. Would you like to talk? Talk to me. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Get in the huddle with Fruta Monument Girls basketball coach Jeff Johnson on the team. And Jeff Johnson brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance. For a free comparison, call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Wildcats coach Jeff Johnson joins us. Jeff, good morning. Always appreciate the time. Morning, no problem. Uh, I'm just glad uh, we got a junction area yesterday, not this morning. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, o- over in the Springs and getting ready to take on Doherty tonight. Yeah, imagine if you had to drive over today and play. What, what an absolute mess that would be. So uh, how'd the trip go for your, your basketball team? A chance, like you said, to, to get over there, beat the weather, and uh, get settled in before you play tonight? Yeah, uh, we got lucky. No, just wet roads from... No removal, so uh, we'll take that all day long, considering what's up there right now. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. 59-55 victory for your basketball team over Fossil Ridge. Liv Campbell once again leading the way with with, with 20 points in, in that victory. And uh, you know, kind of take us back to the other night, th- that opening win in the 6A tournament uh, on your home floor. Uh, a, a close one at the end, but uh, your, your team able to, to pull away and get the victory to move on to the Sweet 16. Yeah, um, just a great environment to play basketball in. Uh, got the home crowd going. It was a pretty packed crowd. Um, and it was a close game all the way throughout. And that's playoff basketball. You don't want one team to just dominate. Um, we did a, 
we did a good job defensively, I thought. Um, and then uh, we were able to score some hopes and uh, and just keep extending that lead kind of late in the game. What was one of the factors you thought was that came into play for you to help close out that game? Obviously, your defense played a big role, but maybe a, a player or two from a couple of players, Jeff, that, that really helped you kind of uh, pull away and, and win that basketball game at the end. Um, I, I think the biggest thing is that we were getting uh, defensive stops with rebounds um, in the first half. It, it felt like they had 15 offensive rebounds with probably 10 putbacks. I don't know if that was the case, but uh, uh, we just kept battling defensively uh, and uh, sharing the ball offensively on the other side. I, I think we had four or five different people shoot free throws in the fourth quarter, um, so we we were just doing a great job of moving the ball and uh, kind of be more aggressive than them on defense and having them foul us and cause fouls against us and. Uh, you could tell we got them frustrated late in the fourth quarter. Um, and so that's probably the biggest thing is I, I think they kind of lost some composure down the road, down the stretch defensively. And that helped us out getting to the free throw line. Yeah, certainly able to, to pull away at the foul line. Uh, uh, Savannah Turner had a really had an impactful game at moments. She finished with nine points. Mentioned the, the job that Liv Campbell did. But uh, Trendy Hafey, uh, 13 points in the game, and she continues to do such a good job running your offense. Yeah, uh, and it's um, and I, I credit her basketball IQ. She she's she. I don't think she gives herself enough credit for her basketball IQ. Um, she does a great job of setting us up in offense, slowing us down, speeding us up, and just taking opportunities that the defense gives us. Jeff Johnson, Fruit of Monument Girls basketball coach, joining us as the Wildcats square off against Doherty tonight over in Colorado Springs. Uh, Doherty coming. Uh, you know, uh, the the Doherty basketball team uh, moving on to the second round, just like your basketball team. It's a, a Doherty team that, uh, when you look at uh, the league they play in, Fountain uh, Fort Carson, really good team uh, in uh, the league that they play over in the Cutter Springs area. For the uh, for the Spartans, Brooke Manzanares leads away. She averages almost 11 points per game. But they don't really have that, that one great player, do they, Jeff? I mean, they, they have pretty balanced scoring up and down their lineup, the Spartans. Yeah, they're balanced, so uh, you can't just say, "Hey, we're not going to guard this person." Uh, cause they could all they could all put up ten, twelve points any night, given night. Um, and so, uh, you, you know, as a coach, you kind of want that as a team. You see that it's very balanced. Anybody can go out there and score. Uh, so we got to know um, where everybody is because uh, they like to shoot the three ball a lot. So we got to defend the three ball. And then uh, once again, I think it will come down to offensive rebounds. They they're really good at getting second chance, third chance, fourth chance opportunities as we've been watching film. Yeah, you mentioned uh, they, they do like to shoot the three. Rachel Stewart uh, leads them in made threes this season. She has 33. It, she's, it looks like, obviously, from a made three standpoint, the, the, the primary player that they try to get the ball to on the perimeter. But it looks like they've got some others uh, that, that certainly contribute from, from three-point range with, uh, with uh, Tanya Phillips. She's uh, hit 17 threes this season. So that's going to be certainly part of the game tonight for you, Jeff, is to, to limit what they can do from three-point range. Yeah, because um, that's kind of their first look is the three ball, and then uh, it's driving getting to the paint. So uh, we got to close out with our high hands uh, and then contain them and keep them on the side. Um, and that's kind of the big game plan going in and then taking opportunities to get easy buckets for us. 
Yeah, Doherty uh, getting the win against uh, Rocky Mountain. Uh, for a while, it looked like Rocky Mountain might pull off the upset in that game, but uh, they go ahead and, and win 75-62 to 62 to force uh, Fruita to go over and play on the front range. So uh, defensively, what have you seen on film in terms of what Doherty likes to do on the defensive end, Jeff? Uh, they have a, a kind of a, of a, a one one three zone. It kind of drops down into a 2-3 zone, but uh, they, they're kind of trying to pressure and get you on the side and then trap that side. Um, and then other than that, they're in the man. Um, they're just trying to stay in front of you and just use their length. They got they got some size on them. They got, I think, two or three six-footers, and so they're just going to use their length to try to disrupt shots uh, defensively and uh, just kind of get you out of your flow. Um, so we just got to be patient offensively, run our stuff. Uh, if we have to re- repeat running it, then... Take our time, uh, and the big thing we'll be pushing is selling for great shots, not just a good shot, but a great shot. We're allowed the game tonight, 6 o'clock, uh, right here on the Team Sports Network, pregame at 545, as the Wildcat girls take on Doherty in the uh, Sweet 16 of the 6A State Basketball Tournament. Jeff, I appreciate the time this morning. Glad you guys made it over there yesterday uh, safe and sound. Best of luck tonight when you take on Doherty, and, and hopefully uh, get, get a win and move on to the next round of the 6A Tournament. I appreciate the time this morning. Thank you for your time, Jim. Appreciate you, too. All right. Take care. Jeff Johnson, the coach of the Fruit of girls basketball team, and uh, J.J. Valentine, who is over in that area, uh, will uh, did a, a broadcast of the Palisade uh, baseball team in the state tournament last year when we were getting uh, in, in JUCO mode. We were actually uh, covering the Junior College World Series right around that same time, and uh, so J.J. is going to bring that to you tonight, the Fruit of girls at Doherty. Once again, pregame at 545, 6 o'clock tip for that one tonight uh, right here on the Team Sports Network. All right, text or call 970-242-1340. Vance Joseph's coming back to Denver. He'll be the Broncos defensive coordinator for Sean Payton. Your reaction to that today? There's a few texts on the line today. Mike in Scottsdale. Happy Apache Friday, muchachos. Uh, Just for Mike. Play a little Apache. And see, he's the one that years ago suggested we play Apache. Oh, yeah. Happy Apache Friday, muchachos. Love playing uh, pattern games. So Mike McCoy has to be the next hire. If the Matt Patricia hire happens, he's insurance in case VJ flops because there's talk that Matt Patricia could be hired to be the Broncos linebackers coach, their inside linebackers coach. I could see that being the case. It's a ace up the sleeve of Sean Payton if VJ doesn't work out. Congratulations to Ben Steele for getting the Cardinals tight end coaching job. I guess. I mean, he's going to coach. Uh, <laughs> I think he meant Trey for Ben. McBride, so. Yeah, I think he. I think he meant. He's thrilled for Ben, but yeah, do you really want to coach in Arizona? Well, Ben's looking for a gig, and glad to see Ben get that job. And he'll be coaching Trey McBride. So no, Zach Hurts isn't bad either. They they actually got two really good tight ends there. They just need a quarterback who can throw it to him. All right, got a text this morning from AC. It's been a while since AC has texted in. Saw him yesterday when you were out and about. We made our margarita packed, and so here I am. I said, look, dude, why haven't you texted forever? Why haven't you used to participate all the time? Why? Where have you been? He said, okay, I'll, I'll text tomorrow. And he did. Man of his word. Good, good to see you yesterday, AC. From Butchie, good luck to the Fruit of Monument girls tonight as they play for a chance to make the Elite Eight at the Denver Coliseum. 
We wish them the very best. Enjoy talking with Jeff Johnson. We'll talk with Jake Aguera for the Monument Boys Coach. They're at Smoky Hill tomorrow. Still have not seen a time for that yet. But we will have the game tomorrow right here on the team. Okay, so if you get thoughts about Vance Joseph, who according to all reports will be the Broncos' next defensive coordinator. Initially, it's, dear Lord, no. No, no, no. It's it's the Michael Scott. All I can do right now. Or uh, this one. No, God, please, no! Just the why. I can't go for that, no. can do but it's not our decision it's sean payton's decision so i want to hear from you pile it's your chance to vent chance to get it off your chest or tell us hey maybe vance joseph it's a great idea and and then also prove to us that you're not just vance joseph using a burner phone which hey you know if he wanted to come on the show Oh, we wouldn't, we wouldn't say no. Absolutely. Oh, of course we. I wouldn't say no. And that's the thing too. Vance Joseph, for all intents and purposes, is a nice guy. Like, seems like a re- seems like a really good guy. He does. You would you would trust him to like watch your kids and make sure that they were you know safe. Do you trust him to coach a defense that last year was, by all accounts, the best part of the Broncos? When the offense was just abysmal, do you trust him to lead that unit to similar or better heights? Or do you look at it and go, eh, this is kind of a retread? So it brings me very quickly to, I was talking about Wade Phillips earlier, coach of your Houston Roughnecks in the XFL. When he got let go by the Rams, They were 17th in points allowed, 13th in yards. They forced the ninth most turnovers in the league. The problem with the Rams is their offense was terrible that year. Yeah. And so Sean McVay parted ways with, with Wade. And when you look at some of the numbers, one, the the quarterback situation was kind of unsettled during that period of time. But once they get Jalen Ramsey and Troy Hill into the starting cornerbacks, from week seven to week 14, they allowed only, only the Rams only allowed more than 17 points once. They had a couple bad games in there. But for the most part, that defense was really good. Why not a phone call to Wade Phillips? I, I don't know. Anyway, hour two coming up next.